Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. I'm delighted to say this month the podcast is brought to you by Ergo Baby. So Ergo Baby was launched in 2003 by mother and clothing designer Karen Frost. Living in Maui, she was searching for a baby carrier that would allow her to enjoy her active outdoor lifestyle and daily routine without having to sacrifice precious bonding time. After trying seven different carriers with varying degrees of success, Karen developed her own soft, structured carrier. And since then, the brand has been on a mission to empower families to bond, grow and thrive by creating premium baby products with comfort and Mind, while never compromising on function and quality. Today, Urger Baby offers a broad range of award-winning baby carriers, including the new Omnibreeze. So the Omnibreeze innovation design means both wearer and baby benefit for maximum airflow and maximum comfort. Its lightweight, soft flex mesh allows both parent and baby to stay cool and dry all day, while padded shoulder straps and lumbar support ensure parents' comfort. And its deep bucket seat and padded neck support mean baby stays comfortable too. Suitable from birth up to 20 kg and ergonomically offering all four carry positions, the Omnibreeze is the only carrier parents will ever need. Like all Ergo Baby carriers, the Omnibreeze is designated hip healthy by the International Hip Dysplasia Institute and comes with the Ergo Promise Lifestyle Guarantee. Head over to ergobaby.ie and use the code IBSER10 to receive 10% off all wraps and carriers valid from the 17th till the 24th of May 2021. In this episode, I chat to Claire and she talks me through her two pregnancies and one birth. So Claire suffered a miscarriage on her first pregnancy. They decided to take a little break from trying, but later conceived their daughter, Caitlin. Claire read lots of books, did classes and prepared as much as she could for labour. And she was pretty excited about her birth experience that was ahead of her. She did go into spontaneous labour, but was later induced as there was meconium in her waters. 
She also suffered a postpartum hemorrhage later when she arrived back at the ward. So she talks us through the details surrounding that and also goes into her recovery. So her family really supported her in the following days and weeks to make sure she healed as quick as possible, I suppose, so she could really enjoy her experience with Caitlin as a first time mum. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and thank you again, Claire, for sharing your story. Claire, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. If you'd like to just begin by giving us a little introduction to you and your lovely family. Yeah, sure. So my name is Claire and I'm married to Dermot and we have a little girl called Caitlin um, who's ju- just turning six months as so she was born on at the end of August 2020. So do you want to tell us about um, conception? So did you plan on falling pregnant when you did? Yeah, I did. So I've been with my husband for, we were together for 18 years and married for three. So yeah, it was kind of exactly the right time for us in terms of, you know, maybe just moved into a house and um, I was 37 when I first got pregnant. So I suppose it just, yeah, it, it, it was really the, the, the right time for both of us. We were both 37 um, and we were really excited to start trying for a family. So it would have been in the previous March, actually two two years ago, um, March 2019, uh, we just moved into a new house and literally got pregnant straight away within like two weeks. Um, told family at around 12 or 13 weeks, I had my morning sickness, lots of different symptoms. And then they eased off as I kind of thought I was going to second trimester. And we told all, all Dermot's family, one bank holiday weekend, so there's lots of celebrations. And yeah, we're just married two years at that stage one year and um then literally the next day the next day after we told all his family um I started to bleed so I had had what was a miss miscarriage so we, the the pregnancy had actually stopped at nine weeks nine weeks two days but again it was it was well into 13 weeks before my my body <coughs> shows signs of it so I had been due my hospital scan the next week the following week so I had never had a scan and um, so that was obviously, it was just disappointment was the main, you know, the, the, the main emotion. Uh, grateful we got pregnant so quickly, but, you know, obviously it kind of just wasn't meant to be. And I suppose I had a certain amount of acceptance of the fact that that maybe, you know, j- just sometimes if, if something's not meant to be. But I knew in my own head that when I felt pregnant again, then I would be, then I would deal with a lot of it, like in the first trimester of the next time. So I kind of, you know, I, I, I coped fairly okay with it at the time, just took minimal amount of time off Um, ended up needing to have a DNC. But that again, that, that, that was actually a very, you know, um, straightforward procedure and everything went really well and kind of took the summer off from, from thinking about getting pregnant and, and just kind of enjoyed sea swims and different things like that. And a little bit of Prosecco. And I suppose it was at the end of the end of 2019, then I decided to try again. So it was probably around, it was October, November time. And then I felt pregnant in December or December I would have my, my positive pregnancy test. So we were kind of max, maybe two months trying when, <clears throat> when all went, when all kicked off again. So thankfully it ended up it ended up going, you know, everything, everything went fine. I'd had a couple of, of private scans. So we had our first scan at, we had our first scan at, um, I think maybe she was six weeks. Um, anyway, I just remember the length was half a centimetre. So it was like, sometimes I still call my, my little half a centimetre, you know, you're just like, there's so much hope when you see the, you know, that, that the measurement or the, and see the little heartbeat. So um I said everything did you want to go sorry did you want to go for an early scan purely out of 
because obviously you would have been a lot more nervous this time around was that the reason why you went for such an early scan yeah exactly yeah that and I suppose yeah my anxiety was high like just you know every single day you were wondering was it going to have the same ending and you're thinking forward to the next time or you know um so yeah no I was mainly for anxiety like yeah I was literally so anxious um and also I suppose we'd never got to see that heart you know the heartbeat so just would have you know it's just kind of time to see it basically so we, we kind of went for one at six weeks and then a second one maybe six weeks later I think because the hospital one wasn't coming up to about 14 again but I did have like I would have I wouldn't really have counted myself an anxious person I would tend to do meditation and yoga and I was trying to do all my normal practices obviously feeling just the tiredness was next level morning sickness which were all great symptoms and really good signs but the anxiety was pretty for, for, for me was really intense and just something I couldn't quite get uncomfortable with. And um, as I said, the, the, the pregnancy thankfully progressed really well. And then I would have done a thing before called EFT or uh, tapping. So it's kind of, it can be sometimes called acupuncture without needles. So it's the thing you can just do yourself to kind of press tap on certain points and, and just kind of regulate the, regulate the nervous system and, and and that so I would have I would have trying to do it myself and I suppose I realized when I wasn't you know I thought oh when I get to 12 weeks I'll relax or when I get past the, the nine weeks two days you know we got past that we had a scan after that and then when I got to 12 weeks or 14 I thought oh, I'll relax and I remember thinking oh when I get to 16 weeks now like I'll definitely relax and I just I just wasn't and I was slow to tell people you know obviously we waited to tell family again and uh, after after a positive scan and 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 told on my family but I was still kind of hesitant telling people um and it was it wasn't obvious you know it was kind of easy enough to to hide so I didn't have to tell people that early um and I just remember at 16 weeks of anxiety was just not shaking I was like it's it's just not going away so I booked a session with um a wonderful lady called Sarah Tobin who's basically oh, I've heard of Sarah yeah 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 I just sent a follower on Instagram um randomly as or, or not so randomly but I'd fallen her for a while um her her kind of main thing is tapping for mums and so I, I said look I'm just going to book a session because I wasn't getting a top of myself and it, it wasn't just going to disappear overnight like I'd hoped so booked a session with Sarah and it was it was absolutely fantastic where the session was between an hour and hour and a half and just kind of tapped into the fears the worries and as I said, I, ha- I had known that's when that's when all the things from the first pregnancy would come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and they did and we, and we just worked through that. And she was absolutely amazing. And literally from I had kind of one group of friends or all, all work colleagues that I still had to tell. And within a day or two of that session, I just had messaged them all like it was it was just very it just freed up a lot of stuff. So it coincided with my first trimester symptoms fading. It took about 16 weeks until about 16 weeks to feel to feel good so between everything I just felt on top of the world for the second trimester booked a second session with Sarah just because she was so brilliant even just to deal with like other stuff because she's fantastic with well with everything but um so booked another session with her but it wasn't particularly pregnancy related at all and yet sailed into my second trimester which coincided with the beginning of it was it was March 2020 so that kind of whole lockdown working from home so yeah I had the most lovely summer you know we did our whole kind of raised bed and different things around the garden that we hadn't done so we moved in and um yeah work from home and taking good care of myself and uh, and all that kind of thing so 
but yet second trimester was yeah it was one of the most enjoyable enjoyable periods of my life it was really I just mm-hmm. absolutely and then third trimester went pretty much as smoothly I had some oedema that was mainly the main or only kind of unpleasant pregnancy symptom I had then once I got out of the first trimester so I had quite a significant amount of swelling in the feet and and I suppose my hands as well towards the latter stages but they kept really close I am you know my blood pressure and everything so there was no major worries as such but it was like that it's just something I had to keep keep an eye on um and we decided to go private uh, um yeah just before just kind of near the end of the first trimester so lovely fantastic uh consultant I ended up being really glad I made the that we made the decision to go to go private with with Caitlin's birth and so I suppose kind of fast forward to um well around actually June just coming out second trimester I did a workshop with uh, Helen Plass uh in of Nurture Mamas again someone I find on on Instagram, um, had followed or instructed one of her pregnancy yoga classes, and she had a, a weekend workshop just in birthing. Um, so it was called an Empowering Birth Workshop, and I would say it was exactly what was what, what it said on the tin, in terms of it went through kind of you know your uh, different birthing positions. And I have to say, I've always had an interest in in childbirth. I loved hearing childbirth stories, how people got on. Um, and I was I was almost looking forward to the labour. To be honest, it wasn't something I was dreading. I was kind of up for it. I was definitely one of those people that was going in prepared. I had something like seven books. I think I didn't read every one of them, but I had like books borrowed off friends between gentle birth, um, gentle birth, active birth, just different kind of yeah, all sorts of different birth books. And then I had the course with Helen. So what I found was re- actually really good, and I don't know if I would have kind of researched all of that myself was she went through all the alternative methods like your um uh say like induction cesarean um just or any different interventions that might happen during it and the pros and cons of them so even just down to like gas and air she went through 10 machines so aside from doing all the birthing positions if everything went absolutely fantastic and you know been on your hands and knees and squatting and the benefits and all the whys she also did all the all the possible interventions that might come up and why or why not you need to choose to to go with them so that was a real kind of education it was a real kind of 360 360 I felt on the whole lot so yeah into yeah came to term as I said I was I was almost buzzing for the birth I was uh feeling yeah completely like just nearly bring it on is when you get to that stage and doing um oh my god I'm like I was doing all my kind of, I, I did actually the, you know, the breast massage in preparation for the, you know, for breastfeeding yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. to get kind of some, some colostrum out beforehand. I was doing my visualization. So I had a, I had a birth plan of how I exactly you'd want to go, like absolutely say perfectly from start to finish. Um, I had that visualization, but I also had the education on, on different things that might go wrong or not go wrong, but go different to your plan. So I was completely open to whatever path it was going to take. It's the baby's birth as well as mine. So it was, it was just going to go how it was meant to be. I was doing my kind of journaling, raspberry tea, dates, pineapple, bush flower remedies, iron tonic, you name it, I was on it. And uh, yeah, so got to term, I was doing some walking, nothing excessive, but just doing a few, few walks every day finished up work at 37 weeks pretty pretty tired so I did get in a good bit of rest got to term 40 weeks kind of nothing stirring and then we got to of course talking about induction and all the rest of it I would have been induct 
have had to be inducted the following Monday. They're induced, and it was anyway. It was the Friday beforehand that I went into went into labour myself. So on the Thursday night, so it was 40, 40 weeks plus five. Um, that kind of Friday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, waters broke. So I had you know what's called a, a bloody show. So the mucus plug came away, but also yeah there was just also, also some blood with it as well uh and and the waters broke there was no kind of wondering if they did or didn't it was fairly it was fairly obvious and I did actually stay at home for a couple of hours I just went back to bed and I wanted to see what would happen um and it was typically recommended that, that that you would go in but I just I just thought I'd just take a couple of hours and and see and just get a few hours kept to be honest um yeah. I sleep much but I did put on I had two apps I had the expectful app which I find really, really good both before and, and after I had Caitlin and also the gentle birth app. So I put on my one of the sleep tracks, just tried to rest. So I went into what well, I didn't sleep much. I was into kind of a really kind of meditative state and, and kept little notes of any kind of mild cramps I got, which were just mild. So 7 a.m. next morning, rang the hospital and um, uh, was in was in for nine you know they said to come in straight away so by the time we got everything ready and drove into the hospital it was probably registered seen by a nurse for for around 9 a.m and it was all looking really kind of just clear cut she, she said like my you know my husband was in the car park so she said because obviously we we're kind of in COVID at that time so he wasn't with me she said go back out your husband you know take a walk around the grounds this is this this is it starting but there's nothing I think maybe it was kind of one centimeter dilated or something so that was all great. Um, just went to the bathroom before I headed out to him and then saw, um, which I know was kind of TMI, but I didn't actually know what it would have looked like at the time. I saw um, there was like a green, a green stain on the sanitary tile after I had gone to the gone to the bathroom. So I thought I'd just show, you know, just tell the nurse what it was. Mm-hmm. And she checked it and said, oh, that's meconium. Complete change of plan. Get the consultant back down. You're You're, you're going to have to be induced. So immediately, I suppose part of me was, not 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 disappointed but I, I knew straight away we were kind of well not even birth plan out the window but that we we're just going on a kind of a detour so um but again it meant Dermot was with me from the start so you know there's there are there are pros and cons to to everything so um yeah straight upstairs and by 12 o'clock that was kind of around 10 and 10 and 11 a.m so 11 a.m was in the labor room and 12 o'clock the induction started so kind of wasted no time getting things moving and had a fantastic midwife Susanna for for the day and then another kind of second midwife came and went as well and yeah we just kind of we, we just got to it now I did find with the induction that it was um it was fairly quick to ramp up in terms of the contractions got to four every 10 minutes it felt like very quickly I'm, I know they would have whatever the normal procedure is but it was fairly quickly they're coming every two and a half minutes and I had one thing I had in my head, I was really just for me personally, and and no other reason I'd I'd want to try for a natural birth if I could, meaning kind of um to to avoid epidural if if at all possible. And I suppose the the only reason for that is I thought it was um I thought it you know just more in the idea that the human body is designed to give birth and you know get the oxytocin flowing and and that I would be able to manage the pain and so on. So I was I was kind of determined to you know to still give it a go with the with the induction but very much taking it as we see how we'll see how it goes and I put yeah so much prep into different things I could do to help with help with my oxytocin but obviously with an induction you're kind of given an artificial oxytocin so were you given the gel or were you put on the drip yeah it was straight to the drip um pent pent 
Oopsie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, straight to the drip. So it literally, it literally started the minute, the minute I was hooked up to the drip. And because, uh, again, of the induction, I was uh, I had two kind of trace belts around me. So one for the baby and one for me. So that left, I was a lot more immobile than I had expect, uh, expected. Um, I, like from from the get go, I hadn't kind of realized that was going to be a thing. And we had we had a ball there. We kind of tried the ball a little bit, but it wasn't. It just wasn't really going to work. One of the belts kind of slipped a good bit. So, um, again, and that was something I really got from the birth workshop was that kind of confidence to to kind of go with the flow. So rather than thinking we've the, the labor hasn't even started yet, and my birth plan is like almost dust. Um, let's just let's just keep going with the flow. So. That's a really nice way to put it actually confidence to go with the flow um because yeah. it does take that yeah yeah and I think no matter how much reading I had it done it was just something about and again the course was online I don't think I would I wouldn't have driven from Galway to Dublin to do the course I might have found one locally but I, I don't know of any um any locally you know and I probably wouldn't have got my husband to come with me realistically wherever I went so it was it was actually idea for us that it was a zoom that she changed into zoom for covid and we just had to you know we, we did the course in our sitting room so so yeah determined to kind of well I was just going to go with the flow and see how we got on see how I find it you know see how I find the pain um I had acupressure points um you know kind of practiced um because I had some acupuncture sessions again, only two actually kind of with, with COVID. There was a brief window in August when when the, the country all, almost re, reopened fully. So squeezed in a few appointments there. And Linda had given me some fantastic acupressure points. So we had planned to do that. A friend had lent me a TENS machine, which actually I, I probably wasn't going to buy because of mixed reviews about them. But um, she lent it to me and ended up being an absolute godsend. So we put the TENS machine like a back labor. It was all at my base of my spine. Um, but the tens machine down there and it happened to be over the points that you would have pressed for acupressure and it, rather than my husband having to kind of press them every time I got a contraction I had the tens machine uh, we had them right over the points and I think I think between the two of them there was an added kind of boost from the tens because I find it absolutely invaluable so I had my gentle birth soundtrack on um, there was one called Alera Companion and I have never listened to it since because I listened to it so many times that day <laughs> I think it would just bring me back a bit too much if I if I put a play now but um, I had my labor track and every time I got a contraction for, for me just what worked was kind of you know just dropping onto my knees so I would have been kind of at the side of the bed between contractions like standing up and talking to midwife and my husband and then for a contraction just kind of went down on my knees and into my own space and and press play on the track so so that's that was the whole afternoon um so yeah they just got it got you know it got kind of more and more intense um just kept doing what I was doing I was I remember what really helped for myself was that every time they checked, you know, my dilation, I had dilated a little bit more. So it really kind of kept me, it really kind of kept me encouraged to, to, to think it was, it was probably kind of really lucky or I was really kind of trying to visualize that the the cervix was opening. So when we first started, I was two centimeters, a couple hours later, I was four, then I was six, then I was eight. Like we kind of kept getting a real positive every time she checked. I remember getting six centimeters and thinking, okay, I've, I've had it. I've had the experience of childbirth or of labor now. Will, will I just get an epidural? <laughs> I was kind of novelty had worn off at that stage, and the 
I was half half serious and the, the midwife was just really encouraging and she was like look you know you're doing so well and you know will we just keep going another bit you know she was she was really she's just really great so I said we keep trying another bit and end up and it anyways ended up um not having the epidural at all I had some gas and air it just just wasn't quite for me um I didn't like the the feeling from it so we kind of we had that there but I didn't use it very often so it was just myself my labor companion track and and the tense machine and and my husband as well I think near the very end I, I chucked the tense machine it, it, you know the effect kind of wore off I get turning up the turning up the kind of not the volume on it but the the the, the knots on it and there was no yeah. more kind of strength in it so we abandoned it very very close to the end but um yeah between the midwife Dermot and yeah and just the breathing and the labor companion track it was yeah it was it was enough so it was all it was all perfect um and then we got to the pushing stage and I think that was only something like 16 minutes or something it was it was quite short um and again went to thought thought I might be able to give birth on all fours or you know I'd I, I was just last on the wish list would have been given birth on my back in stirrups it was just at the bottom of the list from everything I'd read about natural and your pelvis and and everything and I think her heartbeat or, or you know, her heart rate, something, something did, you know, the consultant came, was kind of down at this stage and something she just didn't like in the machine. So she said, look, we're, we're going to go with suction and, and just get baby out to be on the safe side. So again, I was like, do I really have, you know, do I really have to lie in the back, my back? We all, we, you know, we did have a sense of humor about it all. So I did, stirrups went up. I was like, oh man. But again, just kind of. How did you feel? Because this would have been the second time you were thrown. Like you were prepared somewhat, but you'd done so well and you probably thought you were going to. Yeah. Her without, without, you know, the help of suction. So how did you feel? Um, I, I do remember feeling disappointed. I just remember going, oh, like, yeah, that's, that's all I thought. And then I thought, look, you know, at the same time, it's really like we're nearly there. I just remember going. Yeah. So it was kind of like the everything literally the only thing was the pay, the say epidural or lack of was the only thing that was what I wanted so like say I, I hadn't chosen or hadn't visualized an induction I hadn't visualized trace bands lack of mobility lying up back stirrups vontus episiotomy <laughs> and then a hemorrhage on top of it all at the very end so no I hadn't um yeah, I just remember going, oh, but I was nearly like, of course, of course, it's going to be lying on my back. Like, and um, so we started, yeah, I was pushing. And <clears throat> as I said, that that all seemed quite quick and I didn't find it particularly painful. I think people tend, tend to say that it wasn't it wasn't the least enjoyable part at all. Um, so, yeah, head, head came out and then she just used the one to, to to pull her out fully and yeah after all my perineal massage and the whole lot there was there was I think it was a secondary tear she called it or she she said it was and yeah stitched me up afterwards um had my in or whatever I was supposed to get and yeah it was, it was fantastic with a little baby girl she was born at 1818 in room eight on the 28th 8th, oh wow <laughs> all yeah and um six and a half pounds so yeah, we were absolutely overjoyed. Yeah, uh, you know, as as you are, it was kind of elated. It it felt. I know some people kind of say, um, they're like surprised a baby came out, or you, you know, you're in such shock that there was a baby there. But I, for us, for us, even for Dermot as well, we we didn't think that at all. It was like I fully expected a baby to come out of there. But maybe because of I'd watched a lot of home birth videos, I would have chosen a home birth if I if I could have. But we lived about an hour away from the hospital. 
I was 38, a few different factors. And also actually mainly my husband wasn't, wouldn't have been that comfortable with it. So for, for, for kind of all the reasons I, I chose hospital, but um, I would have watched a lot of home birth videos because normally they had no intervention. So you got to see, you got to see everything. Um, so yeah, we were there with our little baby, absolutely delighted. And we had a good two hours with her. So she fed, fed straight away. And again, funnily enough, breastfeeding was something, something I was definitely going to do, but I thought I wouldn't like it or I had kind of felt almost squeamish about it. I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do, not because I particularly love it at all. But like kind of she latched straight away. There was colostrum straight away. That, that was such a positive experience and such an amazing just thing that went really well, <clears throat> went well, well, well for us. And um, so this is, yeah, as I said, kind of 18, 18. And then around eight o'clock, I was just going to be transferred down to the post, the post labor ward and you had to go to the bathroom first. And that was all very as normal. We were kind of said, cheerio to consultants and thanks for everything. And um, it's just that we're there with the nurses just going to the bathroom so anyway what what ended up happening was I passed a number of blood clots while on the toilet uh you know kind of fainted came back around and we thought it was the consultant came back we kind of thought it was just a small a small hemorrhage and I think because obviously it's slightly blurry but I think they had yeah they had thought it had stopped so once again we kind of sigh of relief oh oh that was over that kind of blip or was over but unfortunately it wasn't so I ended up having kind of another much more severe hemorrhage so it all got kind of you know fairly serious quite quickly with a lot of people coming into the room a lot of like looking at screens behind me that kind of thing and then they had to come down and you know they did do some kind of manual work on my on my uterus to get it to contract which was painful so I ended up needing the gas and air for that and I really kind of threw myself into in, into the gas and air. I did find it useful for that. And then ironically, because I hadn't had an epidural, I could feel I could feel everything from them trying to stop the, the postpartum hemorrhage. So even after the next day, a couple of the midwives and the, the consultant came back and they were like, you had done so well with everything had gone like so, so well. And no, you know, kind of maybe no epidural. And then this happened. Whereas if I had had an epidural, I wouldn't have felt as much of okay. the the work because I would have been more numb but what but what were they doing were they just pushing down in your stomach or what were they doing I don't know if you like the gory details yeah they, they kind of had to really like push down on the uterus to contract so it nearly looked like CPR like it was that type of physical not, not it was more like massaging in circles and he was really pushing down and pushing down like to the extent I was like kind of shouting back and he kept saying I'm really sorry he was like I'm so sorry I have to do this and he just kept going and then I think they were using their hands as well with some of the clots I don't know it was a blur but it was a pain painful blur um so did you were they pushing on your stomach because did you have retained placenta at all or was it just the the hemorrhage away yeah a lovely picture of the placenta placenta came away perfectly um okay. yeah of it um she held it up to show it I think it was it was called gritty but it was kind of it was completely intact and um yeah so like that came away I think within 15 minutes and then this was two hours later so we'd had our bonding time we thought everything this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Perfect. Let everyone know, and then then this just kind of happened. Yeah, when I went to the when I went to the bathroom, so they just could not get the bleeding to stop. I ended up losing um, two and a half liters of blood altogether. Right. So, so yeah, I think it's like half half my you know your entire volume. So yeah, they were doing a physical kind of making circles kind of over the uterus and then really pushing down. So I think just literally manually trying to get it to contract, it just was not was not contracting. And then what they do is if if it's kind of not looking, you know, if, if nothing kind of is, if it's not stopping, um, they would bring you up for the, the insert, uh, insert a, it's called a balloon. It's like a tiny, tiny little, yeah, balloon, I suppose. But like it is, it is, it's tiny then when, when they showed it to me. Um, so I watched the theatre for a blood transfusion, uh, like, and I heard them talking about it. It was just such a haze of gas and air, that kind of trippy feeling. And then them talking about, the, the blood and the, making sure it's a match and different things and yeah it was a very uh, like it, it, it was a scary time um I, was I Caitlin with your husband at that at that stage beside me holding her and then yeah so this is still all in the labor room and then you know they were talking about a theater transfer so I was kind of you know I had a vague idea of what was going on like you felt like you were listening in to people talking about you which was kind of yeah. strange and obviously they were talking in a certain amount of not code but they're obviously hospital language so you're just kind of making you know there's a little bit of guesswork as well or trying to figure out what's going on so yeah Dermot was literally left holding the baby I was wheeled off and he was just sitting on a uh, on a chair with her and I we talked about skin to skin but I think between everything he hadn't he hadn't quite done like full skin to skin with her he he was holding her and everything but they didn't kind of have had that moment so he was just kind of holding a, a, a newborn for the first time ever and so I was yeah kind of brought, brought off to theatre and um, brought up to theatre kind of received blood transfusion and then they put a balloon into to the uterus so it's to, to actually make it contract it's like the next thing you do they just cannot get it to stop so came back from theatre around 1am and I was I was sore I was definitely a bit like upset as in I was I was I was just really worried I was absolutely shattered shattered like beyond anything I could have you know 
I, I, I kind of could have believed. And it turns out in the meantime, I, I was so, I was so, um, yeah, tra- traumatized is the right word. Like I was so traumatized for it all, from it all. I nearly forgot I gave birth. I was, it was that kind of all encompassing. I nearly okay, forgot. I was just going to say that like at the end of this, you know, there's still a baby there. Which yeah, is, I yeah. kind of birth. And when I went back down, they, not that they, they told me, but I, or I, I thought they told me that I was going back down to the exact room I gave birth in. But obviously, I think they just meant the ward. So I was put in just a different room. I think it was in the next door. But I remember kind of freaking out, not, the room not being the same and thinking, what's going on? And is there a mix up? And, you know, your mind is just, it, mm. yeah, it was traumatic. And turns out Caitlin had got cold. So she ended up having to be put in an incubator while Dermot was <laughs> while Dermot was with her. She went on kind of a heat pad first and that didn't fully work. So she ended up in a little incubator for a couple of hours to make sure her temperature was okay. Um so yeah, he was he was just also left nearly, you know, nearly as traumatized, wondering what was going on and trying to just look looking at a newborn and um and then what watching her in the incubator. So so yeah, one a.m. I got back back down to, to to the labor ward, and yeah, I just was kind of trusting she was okay. Basically, I had no, you know, I couldn't move. Literally, kind of couldn't move. So I remember doing a lot of kind of breathing that night, and I would have um, been familiar with trauma release exercises from kind of just different things I've done over the years. So I was kind of just doing a few different just visualizations and just really trying to calm the system and. And it, it integrate what had happened, and also the tapping that I had done with Sarah. I was able to do some kind of a tiny bit of tapping on on just the shock and trauma. So even though that was, it was just very fitfully in and out of sleep, or wasn't even sleep that night. I don't know what it was. Um, I was I was on a lot a lot of like you know drips, and um, I can't remember. I was hooked up both sides of my arms anyway. Um, to to what felt like all sorts, but um, the next day. Trying to think, the nurses kept her that night. They kept her for two nights. Actually, they kept her that night, and then the following night as well. I, I wasn't able to, you know, to look after her myself. So, the the re then the following morning, I think they, you know, they brought her back into me. But thankfully for us, or something, I'm so grateful for is that the breastfeeding actually still can was it, I was able to continue. And I think a lot of it was to do with doing that breast massage in my third trimester I'd seen it I got out a few drops of colostrum so it was all kind of right there from as soon as she was born she just latched so well I was actually able to feed her the next day if when they handed her to me so that was like a Friday night that all happened into Saturday 1am and then like all day Saturday I was able to feed her and they took her at night or gave her bottles she had like a small bit of jaundice so I wanted to make sure and give her extra bottles like didn't feed her on the Saturday night either. Um, but again, was able to resume breastfeeding on the Sunday. So I feel so, so grateful because actually mm. I knew a person since that had that had the exact same as me, the exact same. And for, for, for different reasons for them, the breastfeeding just didn't work. And she felt it was down to the kind of loss of days there they had where she was, you know, kind of where she was bed bound. So really, I'm so grateful that, that it worked out for us. And I think a lot of it was that kind of, all the prep I did with the for for breastfeeding um so breastfeeding actually has been just one of the absolute highlights of the whole of the whole pregnancy and birth I can't believe how much I've enjoyed it and six months later we're still exclusively breastfeeding so that was a real you know that was a real win and something that gave gave me you know a lot of confidence in the early days and and, and when I got home with her so so I just come back to day after the yeah day after the the 
day after the whole hemorrhage, you know, the consultant came back in, she was super and just kind of t- told me about what happened and different things and, and did actually mention that there was a, there, there's someone you could talk to if you felt it was such a traumatic experience that you needed to talk to someone about it. They, you know, they could arrange that. And I don't think it would, it would have been immediately, maybe at a slightly later date. So I just thought it was very nice that they acknowledged yeah. the experience was, you know. Um, the midwives were unbelievable. And because I was still in the labour ward that night and they kept me a second night there as well, that was one-to-one care. Um, so they kept the baby at night and we're, we're just, oh, we're, we're just so lovely. I mean, uh, you can't say enough about midwives. I feel like I still had vomit in my hair from something during that, <laughs> during the, um, during the, the you know, the whole kind of hemorrhage thingy. Um and, you know, they were kind of washing that out and just, yeah, there's just not not enough words for how, how fantastic I found. I found everyone, I think it was Lizzie, was that lady, she was super. Um, so everyone, as I said, everyone was just so nice. And Gemma was just grabbing, grabbed a bit of sleep, I think, that night. I can't remember, we were, you know, all all wrecked. And anyway, so Saturday was kind of, um, couldn't get out of bed or, you know, was told not to. And then Sunday... Sunday was the same and I think it was Monday when they went to take no Sunday they went to take out the balloon so actually what happened then was so that kind of last attempt they did which was to put in a balloon to contract the uterus when we got back down from theatre that morning at 1am after the after the hemorrhage they checked this they did like an ultrasound scan and the balloon had deflated so it's normally supposed to be filled with water it actually deflated on the way back down from from theatre so it hadn't it hadn't actually worked so it was ended up being a you know, not not an effective procedure whatsoever. But luckily, my uterus had actually contracted, started to contract itself. Mm-hmm. So they went to remove the they went to remove the balloon then on the Sunday, and that was again was a bit traumatic because they had to give me um, a severe painkiller. They said just in case because I kind of been through so much, and they were like, we don't want this to be sore as well. So it just felt like more drugs, more painkillers, more everything on a drip you know your vitals been checked morning noon and night which which was super and I got the most amazing care but I suppose I would generally I haven't had an antibiotic in you know 20 years and I would tend to keep acupuncture kind of um you know proactive about health Mm. rather you know I wouldn't have been in the kind of hospital or even doctor surgery really at all before the before the first pregnancy so um so this was all just kind of to me it added an extra level of just newness about the whole thing and different so so then we kind of thought we're over everything I was transferred to the post labor ward so I was there for two nights um my blood pressure on it's kind of on day three of my on the Monday my blood pressure went really really high no sorry it didn't actually go really 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 high it went just a little bit high but they were concerned about it so they put me on there was two different blood pressure medications before that would come down I think some of that was linked to having had a blood transfusion and some of it you some read on day three the blood pressure tends to maybe naturally go a little high but either way it's put on blood pressure medication for it and then my iron levels were extremely low they were like 6.5 the first time they checked them they wanted them back up before I'd get out and by the kind of Monday night Tuesday I was really really wanted to go home at that stage you know just as not the st- everyone was so super it was more I wanted to you know my own bed my baby just get home just start kind of recovering and resting and and everything so on the Tuesday it was it was just down to the wire I was like I really 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 would like to go home now and did all the kind of final 
um, iron checks and blood pressure. And at this stage, every time I saw the blood pressure monitor being wheeled in, my blood pressure would actually go up. <laughs> I was having to do everything I could to kind of keep it to keep keep it calm because I wanted to go home so much. Um, but we, you know, we it, it was all fine. We got the the, the medication they want to be on the medication for it. So when they were happy with that dose, that the blood pressure was nice and stabilized. Um, yeah, I was let home and I had to take that medication then for six weeks, six weeks postpartum. So, so yeah, we got home and like I, I was extremely weak. I definitely needed, you know, when my husband was at home for two weeks, but, but after that, between my mother and my mother-in-law, you know, I had someone, had someone in the house every day, pretty much, from kind of 10, 10 till six till, till, till he got home, you know, ma- making food. It was, I was just, and I don't know if I would have done it if the hemorrhage hadn't happened, but really like sleeping when the baby slept, resting, you know, when, when the baby rested, like, of course she wanted to just mainly sleep when she was held. So between the two mums, like they were holding her, I was going upstairs for even a 20 minute nap. I was having minimum two naps a day still kept up our feeding you know obviously the nights is normal you don't get much sleep because you're you're feeding so much but I kind of just uh, and it's such kind of a cliche to see I leaned I leaned into it or leant into it but I, I really did I just I just went for it as in to try and give the feeding a shot to rest as much as I can so the milk could be as rich as it could be so baby would be full and we for us anyway we didn't have many cluster feeding sessions so we, I think I only really had two which I did find draining but luckily I didn't have didn't really have any more than that she fed really well she slept well you know she was she was as you said she was such a good baby it was me that was the the one that had to be minded or the most <laughs> most work involved um but yeah she was an absolute joy since since the day she's born and funny enough she didn't kind of apart from getting cold after after she was born when anytime I took her back you know she latched straight away she was actually a very very calm baby and I remember thinking well the hemorrhage was happening she wasn't she never cried much or she, she and it seems to be her you know her, her personality she's just really kind of really kind of just calm and yeah a calm a calm little girl so how long did it take you to to recover because other people I've spoken to who have suffered a hemorrhage it's taken them months three four five months to recover or gain their get get their energy back yeah, to be honest, it was it was definitely seven seven weeks before I turned a corner. Um, so I mean, obviously we had all our normal new parent things like you know, say is the latch okay? Is the room too hot? Is the room too cold? You know, all your kind of normal worries. I I actually didn't know a baby had to be fed that often at night. Uh, like it was every every two hours or every three hours at the very start. You kind of waking to feed her. We did a little bit of co sleeping, um, but she actually kind of took to the. The, the co-sleeper crib really well so she was in that at maybe three weeks but between all your normal you know just baby stuff and nappies and umbilical cord and is this okay you know and not a little rash but you know the little pimples on their face like everything is, is that okay is that normal googling um between all of that any moment I got I was maybe looking up hemorrhage stuff or looking up like different ways to recover and um what I had what I had kind of briefly heard of or it's part of the apps that I had was 40 like 40 days postpartum so on the expectful app there's a lovely track called um, the first 40 days and I had read in Ayurveda how you look after yourself the first 40 days can can really determine your energy levels and health health for for a good stretch of time and they say even up to a couple of years so I was determined to really kind of well, I had no choice to be honest. It yeah. to get 
you know, but back on my feet, I couldn't have so much help cooking all my meat. You know, you can just have so much help indefinitely for like for a year. So I was, just wanted to get back on my feet as soon as I could. Um, I took the Floridex liquid iron, found that fantastic. And I had maybe one acupuncture, two acupuncture sessions, and then everything closed down again. Um, so got them squeezed in. So like they definitely helped. Um, I had this track, as I said, the kind of series is called the first 40 days on the expectful on the expectful app and you just listen to it was akin to a sleep meditation where like there was kind of water in the background like it was all it was all too relaxing but you could choose whether you listen to it for five minutes 10 minutes like 5 10 20 or 30 minutes and whatever amount of time I had I just put it on and it just kind of talked through like oh I don't know now you're at day 10 or now you're at day 20 and one little suggestion for that day something to be mindful of respectful app I'm just gonna write that down yeah it's and it's only a monthly subscription it is maybe kind of eight or ten euros but you can it's not for a year you can cancel it the month after you give birth or what what, six months after whatever suits you so worth every penny I probably only had it for four months over the kind of third and into the fourth trimester um and you can choose different voices like it's really kind of you know if I when, when you pay for an app there's a lot on it I can see why you know there's, there's just so much to it so um I clung like clung to those soundtracks to be honest like some days and I was like it just you know I'd love to get to 40 days and feel good or I was like you know I'd like to get to 21 days and we're celebrating all the small wins as well with something massive for us like I wasn't able to walk very far. It was just really, really weak. Like I wasn't confident carrying her down the stairs. It definitely the first couple of weeks, like things like that. So we didn't go for walks. We did a couple of drives. Um, because I live I live beside the sea. So we kind of had two different beaches within within 2K kind of. Um, like we we drove instead of walking to them with the buggy like I do now, we drove to them. I just got out, walked around the car, got some fresh air back in, back home, back in bed um determined to do small little things like that um so my liquid iron lots of warming food so based on the kind of traditional Chinese medicine of your stews your chicken broths um so both my mums were boiling bones and and you know making stews and, and making all the all the, the kind of really nice comfort foods and and kind of getting my my energy levels back up um so we celebrated like two weeks four weeks when she was six weeks when she was eight weeks and I, I just remember thinking you know you're like right when we get to six weeks now you know that'll be a real milestone and whatever we maybe got a pizza or something we, you know we just kind of had a little you know toast to toast it we've got this far and you know she was again she was so good and doing so well and thriving and excuse me her weight and everything like everything was going so so well and I just remember saying to my husband at six weeks, I, th- I said, I thought I'd feel better by now. I think I actually had no idea. I hadn't fully got a chance to Google much about postpartum hemorrhages that I didn't know it could take that long to recover. And I was probably expecting myself to be like a normal recovery without a hemorrhage where at six weeks you see women are back at the gym and like, you know, I, I might not expect it that much, but I thought I'd be much further along. I thought like you kind of bounce back from blood transfusion. I had no idea it was it would take so long and I actually had these headaches that lasted for a few weeks which seemed to be a side effect of blood transfusion and yeah no there, there were days where it really felt like you know it felt like a long long day from from 6 a.m to you know to, to to 10 p.m but it was it was that kind of celebrating where we were how far we'd come 
And then at seven weeks, I just felt it turned a corner. I was like, wow, I actually maybe feel like getting dressed up out of the same pair of leggings or pajamas that I was wearing for the previous six weeks kind of thing. You know, those little things where you're like, oh yeah, I actually, you know, shower as opposed to <laughs> have to. Um, so yeah, for me, it was seven weeks and everything started to turn a corner and they just kind of kept going up. They really did. Um, they had a communion when I was at five weeks, which was definitely just took to, to, you know, I, I felt did did take a lot out of me. Just family communion to go to, um, but yeah, from seven weeks on, it it really it really picked up. And yep, yeah, and as I said, we haven't looked back. So grateful the breastfeeding, you know, went so well. And um, I think I already said it was one of the absolute highlights of of everything, um, and so unexpected because I hadn't expected to enjoy it, you know. Yeah. And did you speak to anyone in the end? Did you visit the hospital for a debriefing or ask to see your notes or anything like that? Um, what I did was I I had thought in my instance that that file that you carry around for your entire pregnancy, that I got that to take home afterwards. And I knew they had filled, you know, they were obviously filling it in over the four days I was in there. But I thought I would get that to take home. And on the last day, a midwife said, you know, that's it, it's because it's hospital property, you know, they keep it and you can request to see it if you want and then she actually said I didn't think of it in my days she said some people take photographs of all the pages within it if they want to refer to a later date and actually she was very good she said I I kind of maybe made a comment like I never you know I, I have no interest in remembering what happened or, or something like it's behind me now I just keep going and she said she said no I know you don't want to think back on it now but she said in a few weeks or a few months you'll wonder what did happen or I wonder, you know, what was that? And she said, you then then you might want to see your notes. And she said, some people take a picture of all the pages and it's there. And sure enough, I think she was about 12 weeks. It was about three months, um, if not a tiny bit more. And one day I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, do you know what? I'll actually go and read those notes. So yeah, I went back and read read everything that, that happened. And um, did, I did it help? Did it help kind of understand what happened? See, right before that, um, I, I think I, had, I was fairly loose because I was fairly loose. I kind of had a, I had a decent idea of what happened as well. And they talked me through what happened. So I had actually heard say the story from a couple of people or a few midwives actually found me down in the post labor ward to, to, you know, to check was I all right and uh, say hi because I had been with them for two nights and they might have said different bits and pieces and we were kind of you know, put, putting it all together. But what, what did happen, sorry, what was kind of as well really helped my recovery was I had a final session with Sarah. So and, and for tapping for mums. So I had told her I'd, I, I I just kind of let her know in a message what happened with the birth. And I said, like, I'll, I'll be in touch. And then it wasn't until January. So that was September, October, November, December. Yeah, she was actually, Caitlin would have been just over four months. Um, I was supposed to, I couldn't get a session with Sarah before Christmas. She was booked up and I made one for January. And then we fully kind of let go of any, I, I said I'd work on it myself. And then I kind of would go to Sarah for anything that I still kind of couldn't, maybe any trauma that was still lingering there. So spoke to her. Um, yeah, had a session with her, which which ended up just being more kind of a overall healing it was just a very nice kind of bookend on the whole thing, if you like, especially because I talked to her in first trimester. I talked to her in third trimester right before I gave birth. We just had a little kind of catch up to, it was just more around me and visualizations and different things and kind of 
any fears I had you know we kind of got all that out of the way and then I had my follow-up so it just felt like a really nice kind of closure on my pregnancy um experience mm. of that with her um but again yeah a lot of the thankfully a lot of the, you know a lot of the trauma was gone it, it just I felt for me it was the different meditations um yeah healing physically I didn't do any journaling but a friend of mine did journal throughout her fourth trimester and I'd say I would probably you know possibly do, do that again it was just something I hadn't hadn't thought to do but I think that would have been really cathartic um do you think how your breastfeeding journey has gone and surprisingly so from your point of view because it wasn't necessarily something that you would have con- thought you would have enjoyed as much as you have that that possibly contributed to to how you've healed yeah yeah I think so Go- going to, based on like um d- different things I've read I, I believe it might have yeah um I suppose I've no way of knowing because I haven't had anything to compare to the same like that's yeah in our follow-up I said I wish I knew what like I, I wish I knew how I would have felt going home without it because I was so floored and she said oh, well you know she said you would you would have felt a lot better because in those first couple of weeks I was I suppose when I got home I was actually in such shock at how floored I was because I didn't actually know it was possible to be that floored by anything ever. To me, it was akin to literally being hit by a bus. Like it was, I, I was that floored from from the hemorrhage. Or you didn't know how much of it is normal and much, or maybe a more a more regular childbirth experience and how much of it was the hemorrhage. But kind of from different things between talking to different people and, and that kind of thing, I think the vast majority of how terrible I felt was down to the hemorrhage, the blood transfusion, the the whole works. Because as well with the blood transfusion, you're not just getting like one person's blood, you're getting, it's a mix of a lot of different people. And I'm type A, type A pause, but I actually received type O. So I think the body has a lot of work to do to integrate that and integrate just what you've received, all the painkillers, all the like pethidine, um, the drip, all the fluids, like everything, especially when none of like I had nothing like that ever not not that it would have been an easier I'd say if I if I had of but it was just very very foreign to me to have that much have that invasive a procedure and yeah and look after a newborn in the middle of it all like if you had a, just had a hemorrhage without even having a baby your recovery would be would be really really significant or as you were telling me about the medication I was thinking considering you haven't been to the GP or you wouldn't you know I'm sure you wouldn't pop a Panadol um actually you probably the level of medication that you did have was you know considered intervention to your body yeah 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 exactly it was um yeah even the because I had like I didn't know if I um that that was probably part of the you know really wanting to to do it naturally was just for me I I just I feel so passionate that our body you know serotonin systems do what they're supposed to do if you look after them you know etc that the the female body is designed to give birth I was so passionate about you know if if I could help it at all maybe not having an epidural or not having anything like that put into me in inverted commas and yet lo and behold we ended up with a whole plethora of of everything and then the the blood pressure medication she had said stop taking it if I didn't feel well on it and then about five weeks in I just couldn't shake this unbelievable fatigue. Look, I just knew it wasn't normal. And I rang the GP and I, well, I also Googled it as, as you do. And straight away, the GP said, oh, that's a side effect of blood pressure medication you're on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. Like it's something that has a side effect of extreme fatigue on top of having had a baby. 
a new like a newborn fatigue um yeah it just blows my mind that that I took that for five weeks but anyway I didn't I kind of I, I stopped needing it so I felt kind of lightheaded which was a sign that it was too much for me so I went down to a half dose of that immediately felt a lot better and then I ended up coming off that then fully but I was so floored like you know we we we'd hope to have have more than one child and I remember in the first couple of weeks thinking you know how how could I ever ever do that again like I was that yeah I was I was definitely in shock like it took a few weeks for all for that to subside like the different levels of shock and trauma and, and things like that whereas now as soon as I start to feel better and also on also with the follow-up appointment with the consultant you know she did um she gave me a lot of reassurance that because because of what I've had the next time if if we hopefully have another baby that instead of giving you the kind of single injection of oxytocin that they do after you give birth which is supposed to stimulate the uterus to contract and then for mine it, it didn't work they would actually put you on a drip of that before you give birth so there would be so much oxytocin going in and they'd be keeping such an eye out for the contraction that they just it just wouldn't happen again that you would lose that much blood at least I hope not okay you had such a nice support around you with your mother and mother-in-law as well. It was so nice that they kind of wrapped themselves around you and helped you in those few weeks. Yeah, they really did. And that would have been something, you know, that was a real lesson for me in accepting help. Um, yeah, yeah. Was, and I wouldn't generally be the type of person. So my mother actually lives uh, lives nearby. And then my, yeah, my mother-in-law came down to help us. But I would have been, like at one stage, my, my mother-in-law went to clean out my fridge. And, you know, I don't know if your fridge is similar to mine, but sometimes you don't want everyone looking at everyone. No. <laughs> all the asparagus from, you know, four weeks ago was still in there. But yeah, all, all of that just went out the window. Like, yeah, they were, no, they were great. Um, my sister as well. Um, she has two kids. And so when she could, you know, she, she, she popped around. I know everyone, everyone was absolutely super. But as well, it's, it's to do with accepting the help, isn't it? Like it's one thing. Yeah. these offers and it's so easy to go no we're fine or you know I would have it wasn't fair to ask Dermot to take more time off he has a you know he has business to run so it was it was yeah it was something I was actually kind of proud of myself that I did accept all the help because it wasn't that easy or, or not that it wasn't that easy but there was a minute there where you want to go like oh no we'll be fine but there was no there was no room for that at all um until about Halloween yeah it was about eight weeks so seven weeks I started to feel a lot better and then around eight weeks, I kind of was able to say like, oh, no, look, you know, I think I'm good to go. And, you know, let's give it a go. I think we just had two day, like just daytimes, a few hours by ourselves, really, in that time. And I was like, no, let's let's give it a go. You know, me doing dinner and, you know, just being at home. I kind of, it was nice to have my own space as well. And and just, it felt. Yeah, of course. Our routine, you know, our, no, our normal life, as opposed to kind of people in he- helping us being, being in that kind of real, uh, yeah. there was a difference for me we're kind of going into our our normal like my normal maternity leave or our normal kind of this is our new family you know kind of stuff yeah thank you so much for sharing yeah lovely to talk to you absolutely super and sure yeah we'll speak soon i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to share your story you're more than welcome to you can get in touch via Instagram at Ireland's Birth Stories or you can reach out over the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie. I look forward to bringing you another episode. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.